0: Take that!
1: Welcome to Hunting Humbug 101 with me, Theo Clark. This is an original episode on the fallacy or flawed way of arguing called browbeating. Uh, quite enjoyed this episode. Re-listening to it again. Got some uh, more Jenny McCarthy. Always entertaining, uh, and also. Uh, It has a clip from uh, Christopher Hitchens, Uh, love good old Hitch, he's always entertaining, and um, a clip from one of the Austin Powers movies too. So I had a bit of a chuckle re-listening to this one, I hope you enjoy it as well. Welcome to Hunting Humbug 101 with me, Theo Clark, and I'm joined tonight by my father, Jeff Clark. G'day Dad, how you going? Hi, Sam. Good, thanks. In tonight's podcast we are going to uh struggle on and continue with our look at the fallacies of Jenny McCarthy, though I must say I'm getting extremely sick of her. how about you, Dad?
2: Yeah, so it's um it's not I don't want it to figure any more prominently in my life. No. <laughs> I think it I think it'd be good to let it go after it's, this. It's one.
1: torturous, yeah. I'd like to let her go permanently, drop her off somewhere. Um but it's a good example of browbeating in, uh, which is the fallacy we're going to look at, um, and so we'll have a look at that. But I've got a couple of other examples I've picked out to, uh, to have a look at, and one more, certainly a couple more amusing than the Jenny McCarthy one. But we must persevere. And but before we do that, we will begin with our usual reading from the book. <laughs>
2: Browbeating beating uh, other terms and or related concepts, overtalking, vituperation, bullying, uh, polemics, but there are many other terms, of course. The description we give, this fallacy usually occurs in face-to-face discussion. A discussion in which this fallacy occurs is likely to be heated and aggressive in tone. The advocate is loud, threatening and voluble. He or she does not allow the opponent an opportunity to make his or her case. When the opponent seeks to make a point, he or she is cut off abruptly and not allowed to finish. The speech rate of the browbeating advocate is rapid with minimal pauses. The fallacy of browbeating can also occur in print, but the histrionics characteristic of browbeating are limited by the mode of communication. Browbeating expressed in print or writing is better described as polemics.
1: Example, Gertrude Grimace is an ageing cultural icon and professional expatriate. She is also a needy exhibitionist who seeks every opportunity to hold forth on any subject. A compliant and fawning media can always be relied upon to afford her plenty of opportunities to pontificate during any of her fleeting visits to the country, country of her birth. On this occasion, she is taking part in a panel discussion on youth. She calls for the voting age to be lowered to 12. Another member of the panel begins his response. But don't you think voters need a certain level of maturity to exercise a responsible vote? After all, this is as far as he gets. From this point on, Gertrude overtalks him, all the other panellists and the moderator. She is loud, obnoxious, strident and rapid fire in her delivery.
2: I might point out before I read the comment that Gertrude Grimace is not, I repeat, not meant to be Jermaine Greer. Absolutely
1: not, and I would never have thought so, Dad, so I don't even know why you brought it up.
2: Okay, well, I just thought some people (laughs) assumed that. (laughs) Uh, Comment, most interactions would be improved if participants engaged in more attentive listening. After all, everyone is entitled to express his or her own point of view But this minimal entitlement is not enough. When a point of view is expressed, the person expressing the idea is entitled to a genuine hearing. This is common courtesy. It's also an essential requirement for the amicable resolution of conflict.
1: When confronted with browbeating, the detached doubter will make a firm claim for the right to be heard. If this claim proves fruitless and the pontificating browbeater continues to be intransigent, the opponent should terminate the interaction and explain why this proved to be necessary.
2: In the example given, the moderator of the hijacked discussion could turn off Gertrude's microphone after a minute or two of her tirade and calmly point out that he will not accept such hostility in response to honest opinions freely expressed by the other members of the panel. Gertrude's pattern of behaviour suggests that she is suffering from lame disease. Uh, Lame stands for look at me, everybody. Like most browbeaters, she has an overwhelming need to win an argument through physical suppression of her opponent's arguments. To the superficial observer, she may come across as confident and self-assured, but her browbeating suggests that she has very little faith in the soundness of her position. The sceptical observer will draw the obvious conclusion. Gertrude is all hot air and her browbeating is a substitute for intelligent analysis and truth-seeking.
1: Browbeating is a common feature of political interviews on television news and current affairs programs. Sometimes the interviewer is the aggressor, sometimes the politician is the aggressor and sometimes both are, are, are as aggressive as each other.
2: Consider the more common case where the interviewer is aggressive. He or she will ask a loaded question and interrupt the answer with a supplementary question. The interruption will be cynical and aggressive in tone. More interruptions will follow and the interviewee will not be permitted to finish an answer. The interviewer will conclude without extracting substantive information. The interviewer will thank the interviewee for appearing but the thanks
1: will be insincere. Politicians are often characterised as evasive by a brow-beating commentariat, political journalists and commentators. This is ironic. Politicians are circumspect and guarded in their speech because the commentariat is forever on the lookout for the unguarded moment. They seize upon and distort trivial lapses. They quote out of context, beat up and manufacture stories. The ego and career considerations of the commentariat often outweigh any commitment to conveying valid information to an informed electorate. Okay, so that was browbeating from the book. Uh, and as I said, we're going to go on and look at an example of browbeating Um from this Jenny McCarthy interview on Larry King Live. And this will be our last look at Jenny McCarthy because I cannot bear it any longer. Um, but it, it, it pretty much is exactly as, as said in these examples. There's a couple of examples I've got are e- sum up exactly where these kind of questions are asked to somebody and then they don't even get a chance to respond to it. They're interrupted right from the beginning. Uh, so let's have a listen to that example now. <laughs>
3: Well, there are many, many studies, and some studies have flaws and some studies don't. But for example, in California, if you look at what's happened with, we took mercury out of the vaccines back in around 2002, say there's no and when mercury you look at, right when you look at, when we out, the, the
4: Is mercury still
3: in the vaccine? We have removed, no, 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 the tetanus shot also has a full complement of mercury. And by the way, I don't believe that, the, I don't believe that we've proven that vaccines cause autism. I think they contribute to autism. I think that there are a lot of environmental influences, uh, many of which you know about more than anybody that I know, but vaccines do contribute to autism. They don't, there's nothing proven. I well, we're getting more of the aluminum content as well because that's been going up. What does J-Lo think? Well, first of all, the childhood vaccine program is the most effective public health program in the history of mankind. We you know that we bring and You must have immunization rates that approach 9% to keep diseases such as polio, measles, whooping cough, and diphtheria from coming in here from countries there are one plane right away, and we're that close to an epidemic. So for the American Academy of Pediatrics to want to change the immunization program, there would have to be medical evidence, undisputable medical evidence, that we ought to change it. Now, we've changed it about six times just in the last ten years. We changed the cough vaccine, we changed the Polio vaccine, we changed the rotavirus vaccine. Why are there so many? Because we've been able to develop ways to vaccinate children to prevent pain and suffering. Just in my practice, I've watched three children die of each of the different kinds of bacterial meningitis that we immunize for today. And it's tragic when that happens. I, in my practice, have not referred a child to the compensation program for vaccine related injury so and our practice is to see over is over 100,000 kids a year.
4: I'm on um, Let's look at this.
3: And well, they're, they're 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 unexpected. Unexpected. but you need scientific evidence that well, okay. evidence. you need to prove it's safe the, First, the, uh, the, there is a bill in Congress, Congress to study vaccinated versus unvaccinated populations in this country. Doctor, would you support that legislation? We are so, not we're afraid of the truth, the American kind of people. People. Will you support the unvaccinated vaccinated study?
4: We need that. Specific. We support vaccination. We, need, no, we
5: support the awesome study of
3: vaccinated ahead. versus unvaccinated children. How many should to vaccinate. No, and they have a very low incidence of autism. So I've been of, we have so many guests ahead of them. Yeah. We have to look at the, the Amish specific genetic group as well. Right. You have to be right, very right. careful. Dr. Dr. Gordon and Dr. Karp will return. Thank you, Dr. Taylor. For the, uh, brief participation. <laughs> We're going to do a lot more on this, as you know. We'll have you back in.
1: Yeah, so I mean, as you can hear, there's continually talking over the top of them and barely letting them get a word in edgeways, uh, asking completely loaded questions. And then also, I mean, they bring in the burden of proof there too with the, uh, you've got to prove they're 100% safe before you give any vaccines out. And, and you know, well, actually it's the other way around if given there's no evidence of, uh, real evidence of harm, um, and also there's no such thing as in medicine anyway, of being able to prove anything's 100% safe. It just doesn't work that way.
2: Yeah, the image I have in my mind with this sort of over-talking is like a... I, 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 I like to use thought experiments here and there, and I, I I I think about how a child in a playground would manifest this sort of behaviour, this uh, over-talking type behaviour. And it's not so much brow-beating as I, I can see... You know how kids put their fingers in their ear and go, no, no, yeah, no, no, not no. listening, not listening. So, so they can't actually hear something the other person is saying. I think browbeating is partly, um, you know, over-talking to try and get your point of view across. But also I think a big component of it is actually stopping um, the other person from being heard. Um, and so, you know, I, I sort of have this Im- this image of childish behaviour in playgrounds. Um, as a as a way of looking at browbeating uh, browbeating is um, can be sinister in the case of for example I've been reading a little bit about uh, Nazism and, and uh, Hitler, he was certainly a browbeater and it can be sinister but I think the best way to deal with browbeating is to mock it um, because it, it has no merit at all um, it's simply shutting out the other person's point of
1: view yeah, zip it, be quiet Quite you. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the main thing with any of those examples is it, sometimes it can be kind of entertaining TV, but it doesn't have any help at all in moving a debate on or, or any kind of. It's not going to help you get to the truth of the matter at all. All it does is perhaps make entertaining TV if, you know, watching Jerry Springer is your kind of thing. Uh, speaking of entertaining, uh, TV and somebody who's always entertaining was the example, another one I looked up for an example of browbeating was, uh, the, um, author and columnist and, uh, political, uh, pontificator and, uh, Christopher Hitchens, who's, um, you know, one of my kind of favourite journalists for many reasons, uh, but he, um, is a master of browbeating and he doesn't really do it uh, in terms of the fallacy we're talking about. just—he Some people have a natural way where they just cannot help but talk over the top of other people and I certainly know I've had that in the past where I haven't been able to help but talk over the top of other people until you know it's been pointed out to me and now I'm kind of aware of doing that and I always try to stop and let someone finish to make their point otherwise i'll just kind of interrupt them but christopher hitchens is a shocker even when he's talking with people who he agrees with he still just talks over the top of them and he and he also has these kind of pauses where it's like they have the opportunity to get in but it's just him thinking and then he starts talking again as they're about to make a point so i I was looking for an example of him doing that but ironically i found an example of him being browbeaten by a journalist so a journalist actually out, browbeats Hitchens. He does point that out with some amusement towards the end of the uh, little clip. So he's being interviewed about his. This is during the, the last U.S. election, and he's being interviewed about his position where he decided to back uh, Barack Obama after being highly critical of Obama um, when uh, initially uh, in the um, before in the preliminaries before Obama was endorsed as a candidate, where Obama had said some things apparently uh, about pulling out of the Iraqi war. And so Hitchens was very critical of that, and but then he backed Obama. And so this Fox News journalist, who was in, in, in instead of Larry King, uh, just had a go at him about it. So we'll have a listen to this because it's another good example of some browbeating.
5: Now on on Obama, uh, starting with him. Everything he said since the first debate he had with Mrs. Clinton in Texas has been getting better. And that's the first time he praised the surgeon, praised the guys from Fort Hood for taking part in it and driving Al-Qaeda in Mesopotamia out of Baghdad. He's got much more solid about the thing. He's got a learning curve. He's more teachable. Um, and he, even when he nominated Biden to be his running mate, the main thing he stressed was how tough Biden had been against Milosevic.
4: Well, Biden's been pretty much wrong on everything, except in it, Bosnia. He's
5: very good about Milosevic, though. Now, the thing, the losers in this are not me. It's the move-on dot org types so for campaigning for someone who says that, if necessary, he'll go straight across the border into Pakistan to root these guys out. Which, and McCain has attacked Obama for saying, how, how can you be so militant? Why, why don't you realize That's he, we need diplomacy with That's Pakistan? campaign bravado, No, I'm, though, sorry, Pakistan, I'm sorry, Pakistan. I'm sorry, but Pakistan. Christopher, I'm sorry, you Pakistan is invading Afghanistan. It's, it is on a Pakistan-Afghan war. Occur,
4: uh, on what issues, Christopher, do you think Barack Obama is closer to you foreign policy than John McCain specifically. What position?
5: I'm only saying he's evolving towards my position. Whereas McCain has done something I think He's in a campaign. McCain has done made uh, well, That's it, a big bet though, is it not? That's McCain, a big bet McCain, on the war on terror making evinces one disadvantage and and adds another. First, McCain is my my judgment, I hate to have to say it of such a person, I think is losing losing height, losing capacity. He's just not quite the man he was and uh, one proof of that you might add. Is the, his choice of uh, running mate and potential vice president the person when,
4: filling the stadiums across the country? Yes,
5: uh, with, uh, the with, a, yeah, uh, with with yeah, you know. with 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 I think rather noisy and irresponsible stuff and people.
4: My friends go to yelling, yelling. and they're great people. Uh, they I, went I'm to not, Dartmouth, and they good people. I'm not very I'm not
5: impressed by people at traitor and communist, and and other well, less principled things. Of course, you're a things, free speech I don't like
4: person. It. A lot of this stuff that's been reported now it looks like the kill him all that stuff is baloney. It never happened. And I'll tell you something. You want to see some rowdy, nasty things? You know the websites I'm talking about, you know what the people are saying Indeed, about McCain and about Palin, the words they're using, the nastiness. Yes, I so, I mean, uh, forgive me if the occasional yes, nasty comment in a cheese, rally cheese, is not uh, is not convincing on your world view which was get these Islamists, you sh- we need to defeat them, we need to win this war on terror, and the one person who is celebrated by the anti-war left as their savior is your man Christopher. All the stuff you've written and debated, your entire career about the war on terror is all wiped away because you don't like Sarah Palin. Why? Because she, why? Why don't you like her?
5: Well, I thought you'd never ask. You, you must have me on more often and tell me what you think, and then you, you I won't, you
4: won't have seconds. to hear I my... know, but I'm frustrated with...
1: that, that was That was great. Yeah, I love it. I love his response. It's brilliant. You yeah, must yeah. have me on more often and tell me what you think. Yeah. But that, I mean that—that that is the perfect response um, uh, to to that kind of inter- continual the, uh, interruption, argumentative in-
2: interruption. Yeah, I mean
1: he was uh, exactly as the example in the book says. You know, it's, she asks this question and then basically doesn't let him respond and interrupts immediately. Yeah, and to to make her own point, um, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with any of their points. It's just the example of um, you know, the the loaded question deliberately put in there to argue. I mean, that might be the format of the show. But, uh, yeah, it was obviously con- continual interrupting the whole way through that interview, not just that little clip I showed there. And so, uh, yeah, even the way she introduced it was very loaded. I didn't put that in there for length-wise, but um, she introduced it, you know, saying it was a darling of the left, than of the right and then who knows where now. You know, so yeah, well, a, it
2: it was um, advocacy journalism of the most hmm. extreme kind. Oh, you know, Fox she, News! What do you expect? Yeah. She she had a an axe grind, or I don't even know whether half the time they believe this sort of stuff. But what they do is they dredge up points which they can make appear to be controversial, um, and then it, w- w- what the viewer or the listener should assume is if they do browbeat in that way, that very little of what they have to say has any weight or sense. Yeah. If, if they have to browbeat, it's because their argument is weak. Um, yeah. And, and uh, well, nine times out of ten, I mean, some people just like browbeating. That's And their right, arguments yeah. are sound, but...
1: Yeah, well, I it, think you should be quiet, quiet now cause you don't know what you're talking about, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, so be quiet. Go away now. Oh, I worked it worked on you. It was too easy.
2: No, no, look, um, the thing is that... Um,
1: no, you've, I, you've I, I, I,
2: I, I have weight and I have um, uh, authority over you because you are the fruit of my loins. And that's something you can't deny. I'm reminded of Whatever you're saying is really what I'm saying.
1: Oh, okay. So you still get credit for yeah, it. Uh, otherwise unless, of, Unless, of course, I'm not really yours.
2: Well. I've cl- I've questioned your mother closely. There was an incident with the um. Well, no, no, we won't. Talk
1: I'm about r- it. I'm reminded of the one of the best sledges... This is completely off topic, but one of the best sledges or insults in cricket when um Shane Warne um uh came. I think it was Shane Warne or some cricketer anyway said to another cricketer, um, "How's my wife and how's your wife and my kids?" And the other guy goes, "The wife's great, but the kids are retarded." <laughs>
2: That's not
1: bad. Yeah, a great comeback. Yeah, it's a good comeback. <laughs> but, um, I think it was The Kids Are Fat and Ugly and Retarded, but anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and it, it, again, I mean, that's what I think that's kind of what you expect on all those kind of shows. They're set up to be that way. But um, yeah, I thought it was rather amusing finding Christopher Hitchens getting talked over the top of... Schadenfreude. The Guilty Pleasures of Humbug. Uh, Then look, the the last thing I want to talk about is the Schadenfreude that I have with browbeating, and it's not actually uh, doing it myself, because um, again, it's one of those ones that I just find I find cause you, you just come because you come across as being rude. It's one I find difficult to do. Uh, I prefer the more subtle types of fallacies, but I do enjoy watching someone else I agree with browbeat somebody. So I have enjoyed watching Christopher Hitchens browbeat people in the in the past, or other there's other particular people I've enjoyed watching them browbeat, and I, f- I get a guilty pleasure out of out of it. Uh, but my favourite is an extreme example which is um, from the, the classic series uh, of movies Austin Powers with Mike Myers uh, with Dr Evil and his son Scotty and whenever Scotty tries to say something Dr Evil manages to browbeat him into submission and this is a little clip from Austin Powers 3
2: For example, Minnie me loves chocolate Scotty do!
3: What I, I like, like chocolate your... fine. I just Scotty doo Yeah, well, yeah, it was very familiar. Hang on, let me do what I do. Uh, would you stop? How about an How about a what? How about an hour? What do you? How about an hour? I don't even. How about an Honestly, isn't this? How about you do, ladies and gentlemen, Scotty do. <clears throat>
2: <clears throat> Doctor Evil, perhaps it's time that you finished unveiling your plan.
3: Yes, thank you, number two. Ladies and gentlemen, my plan is Scotty do. Oh come
2: on, you're such a lame ass. Me me, 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 made the chocolate up. Yeah, man, why we yeah scatty oh. n' oh. Oh. oh oh
3: yeah, yeah oh this yeah. is oh so doing... yeah. you know this is causing me serious psychological harm uh, i don't know who am i fine well, you know what hey, i would love some chocolate here you go thank you perfect <laughs>
1: Evil laugh was out of sequence, but I was to put that in there. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah I. I it's, um, the, the other thing you can do with browbeating is, is don't, just don't give them anything to uh, browbeat you with. In other words, um, you can stare at them vacantly. I, I've actually tried this. I, I give a lecture from time to time on nonverbal communication, and when somebody's speaking to somebody else, they. In order to keep speaking, they need to give some kind of sign that they're listening, yeah. like they, they need to raise their eyebrows or mm. smile or something of that sort or get angry indeed if they're having an argument. But if you just stare into the middle distance or um, in, in the direction of the person's face but sort of stare into the middle distance without focusing and say nothing at all, mm. don't don't move a muscle. Um, the, the brow beater really, uh, in the end, will dry up. Uh, and that's, or it'll just um,
1: enrage them further, which is, you know, also yeah, a sort of yeah, plus. Yeah, yeah and no, I, I've done that before where someone's talking to you and you just deliberately have zero facial response and it just people don't know how to handle that at all. It freaks them out.
2: Or you apologise, you say, uh, after the, a tirade of, of 10 or 15 minutes, uh, you, you, you're you silent and they say, "What what do you think, or, you know... Uh, what's your point of view on you? So, oh, excuse me, sorry, were you talking to me?
1: <laughs> I zoned out there for a while. <laughs> yeah, my wife does that to me all the bloody time. So, <laughs> well,
2: it's probably true. It's probably not. It's probably. Yeah. Sorry, I, I mean, was uh, that last bit. It's it's a very important skill in in uh, long term relationships. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If you <laughs> you you have have to be to not,
1: not 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 at, at the every five minutes at the right point in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's like when you tell me your anecdotes for the fiftieth time, I just nod along. The trouble and laugh. is, I
2: forget who I've told them to, and also, um if my wife—that is, your mother—is present, um, she'll often catch me out on embellishing anecdotes, mm. and that's that's really one of the most irritating habits that a spouse can have. Yeah, <laughs> uh, bec- because when you retell an anecdote, of course, you make it—you know—you you exercise a bit of li- poetic license. Well, in, it's, in it's making not for it your own sake, it's for the listener's sake. It's for the listener's sake. It's, it's yeah. not to present yourself as ex- an exceptional person or <laughs> uh, uh, very brave or very clever. It's just to make it more interesting. and Yeah, then make the story the, interesting to listen to. The, yeah. the missus says, but you didn't say that. You said <laughs> such and such. Yeah. And it's such a drag. I mean, it really pulls you down. You didn't
1: confront him. You ran away. <laughs> Well, yeah. well, we'll see, that's when you need to browbeat. You need to br- interrupt her and don't let her get a word in. Mm, mm. That's a secret. All right. All right. Okay, okay. So that was yeah, that was uh, browbeating. Um, so feel free to not use that one because you just come across as a rude bastard, and we don't want our listeners to come across as rude bastards. Uh, and I, I do encourage people to have a look at the cartoon if uh, they've got the ebook or the actual book. Yeah, well, we have have a fair that, few downloads that, of that by now, so hopefully the our listeners have downloaded it and you can see that. that,
2: that. that. That's my favourite cartoon, that one. Yeah, and, I love it. Uh, it's, really caught it's, the... it's,
1: so, it's a very subtle cartoon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. subtle. Yeah. Yep. And that was the other thing I was going to say. If you want to get you know, your younger kiddies into fallacies, what you could do is you could have a read-along. They could listen to us read the book and you could read along with them. I don't know if that's going to work for little kids, but, you know, give it a try. It might, might help. Bedtime and stories, and they can
2: colour it. in the pictures. They can uh, colour in the
1: pictures. That's right.
2: Yeah. There's it's... no copyright on that, as far as that's concerned. No, uh, you colour away. See, <laughs> if they can't stay between the lines, well, I'm very sorry for you and the yeah. intellectual yeah, capacity of your children. But you know, um, yeah, I, 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 really love this one. I, I like the expression on the faces and the, the one who's about to be struck on the forehead, um, getting yeah. the <laughs> finger. Giving the finger to the other
1: one. Oh, actually, I see, because we're looking at the actual paperback edition, aren't we? So I don't know. Yes. What, what's the cartoon look like in the ebook. It's, it must be pretty similar. Yeah, it would be yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, and speaking of cartoons, uh, another great cartoon that's on the website, so look it up, um, that you did is the one of a certain Germaine Greer, who is not, we repeat, not the person in this book. And for any American, or well, all our American and Chinese and listeners from elsewhere... Don't look up, Jemanga. It's just not worth it. She's an idiot. Um, I, she just yeah. embarrasses herself regularly. That's all.
2: Yeah, she's she is an embarrassment to herself and others. And yeah. Um, yeah. The, the sooner that she realises she's senile, um, and and actually
1: shuts up, the better. Well, she makes me ashamed to be Australian. Dare I say it. No, not quite. Uh-huh, but and look, the other thing I was going to suggest was if you've got because we've got some feedback, which we you know. Did a podcast about it and occurred to me, well, if you want to record some audio feedback and you could email it to me as an MP3 or even upload it to a file-sharing website like Mediafire and we could play your uh, audio question on the podcast and respond to it that way. So if you want to do that, that could be a pretty fun way of getting involved in the podcast. Uh, the program I use for podcasting is all called Audacity. It's free. Um, it's Audacity is in audio, so A U D. A-C-I-T-Y. Um, it's really simple. You just plug it in and you can record it and export as MP3. Um, so, yeah, you could you could email in a, a, or upload an MP3 and we could put that in the podcast and respond to it. So that could be another fun way of being involved. Um, but, yeah, so that's uh, a, the fallacy of browbeating. Uh, we will still keep podcasting over the Christmas New Year break so you've got something to listen to while you're on holidays. Uh, and uh,
2: Theo, if I could just add something yeah. about requesting people to send in uh, audio files and so on if they wish. Yeah. Um, it's not because we're sick of hearing the sound of our own voices no, that we're making all. this offer. Because I, speaking for myself, I could listen to myself all day. And well, I actually the same listen to each you.
1: podcast about 50 times. I don't listen to anything else now. So,
2: so it's really quite a generous offer. And uh, to actually have someone else in there Stealing some of our time—it mm. really is a generous offer, and we wouldn't so
1: ridicule you or anything. We're quite polite. No, no, we we'd
2: encourage you, even if it's even if it's utter tripe. Yeah. We'll if your find, question we'll is some,
1: like like some kind of um, we'll some, you know, find
2: some kind way to, to say it's utter, utter tripe. Yeah, it's
1: like if you if your if your voice sounds like a monkey, um, you know, and you ask a question on the level of a retarded elephant, we will not ridicule you at all. We can promise no. you that. Uh, we promise. No. We'll make fun of you off air, of course, but not on the podcast itself.
2: Alright. It, in fact it might be part of our Christmas celebrations that I <laughs> <laughs> listening to some well, of our comments. festivus
1: celebrations.
2: Our <laughs> festivus celebrations. Right, yes, yes, Festivus.
1: <laughs> and if you don't know what Festivus is, you haven't watched Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> Alright, we we'll better go okay, then and look friend Okay, thanks, Sia. Okay. See ya. So that was the original episode recorded with my father Jeff Clark on the Fallacy brow beating. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you in a couple of weeks.